This week, we are joined by Stacy Anderson, who is the lead bartender at the Laura Mill Hotel and Spa. We begin the conversation with Stacy about getting her start in the industry with her first job at the Dallas Beef Parlor in Cambridge, Ontario, to moving on to more corporate establishments such as Eastside Mario's and working at Langdon Hall and to her current role at the Laura Mill. We discuss the differences, both positive and negative, about working in a corporate organization versus an independent restaurant, how having a strong work ethic can help you thrive in the industry, and how her plans to work at the famed Fogo Island Inn were dashed by the COVID pandemic. Enjoy this week's show. Fuck. I just wanted to start the podcast by saying that because you always tell our guests that they're allowed to swear on the show (laughs) and that we swear, so I just thought maybe I would lead it off that way this time. Hi, Dan. Hey, what's going on, man? I'm good. This is the Industry Podcast. My name is Kip. This is Dan. That's me. What's going on? Not much. Just another another day and just hanging out. Seems like the Groundhog Day every fucking day. And you, uh, I understand there was a soft opening at your new bar this past week. There was, yep. Today's September 13th. We did the soft open all weekend. It went great. Only a few things broke. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, aside from that... It was good, and we will be doing the grand opening this coming weekend, but by the time you're listening to this, it will have already happened, I'm assuming. Yeah, because it'll be about, uh, I think, the 27th when this is released. Yeah. So, yeah, it's exciting. I'm tired as fuck, and uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> that'll learn you for working. Yeah, exactly, and also <laughs> learning me for opening two bars that are on the opposite ends of town. Oh, yeah, that's right, eh? That <laughs> really is. Totally very awesome. fucking smart. <laughs> Well, it's a nice one down south end of Cambridge. Yeah. (laughs) I'm thinking Costa Rica. Yes. Oh, that wouldn't be bad. (laughs) Uh, We have a great guest that's always for you. Stacey Anderson is going to be joining us shortly. Uh, Before that, we should mention that uh, if you wish to be a guest on the Industry Podcast, you can email us at info at at theindustrypodcast.club. Did I get it right this time? You did. Fuck, yeah. It's the eighth time of charm. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. <laughs> and you can also reach us on Instagram. Yes, uh, DM us at the Industry Podcast. We will respond to that for sure. If you like the show, and of course you do, you, you're going to want to subscribe. You're going to want to rate it. You're going to want to review it. It only takes a couple minutes. Mm-hmm. We like five-star reviews. Yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> speaking of the new bar, our good friend, Azak Hanna Design, he uh, helped out with the, some of the design at the new bar as well. Mm-hmm. And he does all the artwork for the show. He's awesome. If you have any design needs, you should reach out to at Zach Hanna Design. Yeah, and this link is in the show notes as well, as it is always every week. Yeah, so check it out. Uh, okay, well, without further ado, like I'm, I'm going to maybe bypass the general vaccination rant this week oh yeah i think our guests have heard enough yeah i think when this one's released the first wave of the vaccination passports where everyone gets to carry yeah. around their passport their vaccination receipts in their pockets oh that's right yeah so we'll see one. how that goes we'll see uh, you'll you'll hear me in a couple of weeks ranting about how that went down oh <laughs> yeah i can see how that's gonna go for sure uh, it's a good thing we need people to get vaccinated and i'll, I'll yeah. leave it at that yeah. And we'll just get right to our guest today. It's a good friend of mine, Stacey Anderson. How are you? I'm fabulous. How are you? I bet tired. Yeah, tired, <laughs> a little tired, but we're, we press on here at the Industry mm-hmm. Podcast. No, thanks <laughs> thanks oh, for yeah. coming on the show. Yeah, oh, thanks thank for Thank you for it. having me. Yeah. Okay, so I've known Stacey for a while now, but uh, for those of us who listening who don't know her, let's, uh, let's uh, roll through the bio a little bit. What are you doing? 
You throw, I you just throw. threw a pillow at my dog. Oh, <laughs> we only have the audio, here, but I, I just looked up and you were just in a pillow fight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, let's talk a little bit about, let's just get off right from the jump and be like, how did you get into the business in the first place? Honestly, it was, uh, I was pretty young. I had just turned 18 and my older sister was like, hey, I'm bartending and it is crazy good money. So uh, I got a job with her at a uh, kind of seedier place in Cambridge, I want to say. In its heyday, it was really the place to go for a date. Uh, It was called Dallas Beef Parlor. It was on Hessler Road. We, uh, yeah. we were talking about this before you yeah. came on. Dan was like, what the, what, I want to ask about this place. Yeah. Yeah. They, where, they did where was it on? every day. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So really it was a beef parlor, like a legitimate. Yeah. There was carpet behind the bar. I thought it was like a male strip club with that name. <laughs> was, so the Mirage was right across the street. Oh, so, I remember that place. Yeah. You could imagine the uh, the type of people we'd get right before they'd head over there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They, well, they want to get like a pound of beef in them before they go ogle women. Yeah. Well, there was yeah. like... Uh, like yeah, it's can, good to have the meat sweats that attracts the strippers. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, you should have seen these guys. But it was funny because... Um, I can say this now because it's been closed for some time, but they had an illegal uh, gambling ring in the back. Perfect. <laughs> uh, is this at the strip joint or the beef parlor? This is the beef parlor. Oh. <laughs> Amazing. I love this place already. Uh, carpeting oh, yeah, behind like, the bar. I Explain to me. I, we got to go back to the carpeting. How do you have carpeting behind your bar? I don't know, but it was there for like 30 years. It was oh. like maroon. <laughs> oh, the stains must have been there for 30 years, too. Like, <laughs> Yeah, there's this older woman bartender there that was training me. She's like, I take off my shoes when I bartend. <laughs> what? Because oh. it was carpeted. I was like, oh, okay. Because I was just like a kid still, really. <laughs> like, <laughs> Everything about this place is a health code violation. Oh, my God. It was hilarious. And, yeah, it was... Uh, it was in its last days then. I, I don't think I was there for very long. I can't quite remember. Maybe under a year. So would you um, say you were responsible for it closing down? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> there was a DUI charge somewhere within the ownership. I'll yeah. leave it at that. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it makes sense. So I just remember like having to make diet Pepsi and white rums all day for that person. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. But yeah, the, the regulars that when they did good in the gambling ring would leave you a lot of money. Oh, so. nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you think they would be saving it for the Mirage, but yeah. okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I was just like young and 18, and they're just like, oh, cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not, not the best gentleman. Oh, um, man. D- didn't last very long, but uh, yeah, you get addicted to the cash. And I want to say a year later, I had my son, so it, was, it made sense to stay in the industry because at that time, it was like part-time hours, full-time money. Right. So with a, a crazy work ethic, I was just like, I can really crush this. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I uh, I went to Eastside Mario's for a year after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've had a few people who have worked there on the show before, and everybody says the same thing about it being like an awesome training ground because it really teaches yeah. you how you're like time management and like steps of service and like everything's very regimented, which is great for your first job. I never got that experience because I worked like on a fucking cruise boat and then a then a at a campus pub where they didn't know anything about steps of service or anything like that. So you kinda had to figure it out by myself. But Eastside's a great training ground for that. 
It is it, like you, you get thrown into the jungle, like as we would call it then, just because like the amount of tables you'd be flipping is insane. But yeah, you'd have these auditors that would come as part of head office and they would like secret shop you. So you'd have right. to like hit at least a few steps, like when you put the dessert menu down, stuff like that. But um, yeah, it, like, it, it really taught you how to handle everything in your time management, I found. Um but at the end of the day, it was just like, I really wasn't enjoying it. And then I thought to myself, if I want to stay in this industry, I want to apply at like one of the top places or get out. Because right. before then I was uh, working in factories, like I was uh, welding a bit. So You were welding? Like, oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know this about you. Yeah, it wasn't for long, but it was just like, right, I just needed money. <laughs> like, you yeah. know what I mean? And my friend's dad was like, hey, there's a plastics factory and you can weld molds with me. So I was like, oh, okay. So it paid more than minimum wage. Hmm. And I got I got to learn how to stick weld. So yeah, see, I know all about this now. My stepkid is obsessed with welding and he got a job with uh welding at a at a shop this summer. And like I know all these terms like stick and tig and like Meg, yeah. Uh, yeah, all this all this <laughs> shit that I really don't care about, but I know a lot about. <laughs> no, but if you get a good bead with a stick weld, it is quite satisfying. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, it is. But working in a factory is like, especially as a young woman, was just kind of like the the people that would be your core work coworkers was like hanging out with the trailer park boys all day. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't intellectual enough for me. <laughs> but then, yeah, after that, I just, I, I applied at Langdon. I got the bar job there. I think I was 20 or 21. I can't remember now. Holy but, shit. So you went right from Eastside as a 20-year-old to Langdon? That, yeah. So that's uh, funny. I'm, I'm starting to wonder about this because we obviously, one of our, our very first guests was Aaron Hatchell. And he went from like a Montana's right to... <laughs> Big shout out to Aaron Hatchell, by the way. He helps us book a lot of guests. And uh, I was drinking with him last night, and he's got a, a bunch more for us. So, <laughs> but uh, that he um, he also went for like a first Montana straight to Langdon. Now Langdon's like known as this like ultra fine dining thing. So why is it that you think that they hire so many new, like freshies right off the right out of the corporate um, restaurant? Well, I was surprised they got the job. Like Faye McLaughlin, uh, she was the bar manager at the time. She's awesome. I know. I love her. And she interviewed me and I was so nervous. <laughs> and uh, she asked, started asking me questions about like grape varietals and wine. And I was maybe able to mention like four and I couldn't really get into depth, but I was not into wine then. And then I thought I lost the interview. <laughs> uh, but, <yeah. laughs> but I could make classic cocktails like, you know, from memory at that point. And so I think that's all they really needed. And then once I got in there, um, and just a quick pause, though, like, where did you learn to make classic cocktails? Like, not at Eastside Mario's. Yes, at Eastside Mario's. Because, oh, really? Oh, yeah. And the service bar was quite intense there. And you'd be getting a lot of, like, Manhattans. You'd, you'd be doing martinis all night, too. Like, it really? all depends on who was in there. Oh, yeah. Huh. That service bar was crazy. Like, you did have your Oasis-based things. And, like, I remember the the most disgusting one was a cotton candy Cosmo with sourpuss. Oh. And you had cotton candy in the glass, and then it disappeared with a shaker. Is like... Uh, I'm in my yeah. Thank you, diabetic, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but that was like, that was stunning to me. I didn't realize that you had like the Don Draper crowd at Eastside Mario's. It wasn't yeah. even Don Draper. It was old alcoholics that were near the bus terminal. Oh, so my crowd. <laughs> Not quite. <laughs> Once you start taking the bus solely. <laughs> oh, so you're, you're at the Eastside Mario's in Cambridge then, right? 
It was, yeah, in the mall. Yeah. Okay, that's right by the Cambridge. Yeah, the Cambridge. Oh, Cambridge. I get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Sorry, continue. So did she, yeah. you, you knew how to make the cocktails, and that's what they were looking for. Yeah, exactly. And one thing I think Faye was saying, like, cause she's, she's seen, like, people from um, chain restaurants is, like, they know how to handle a load. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and we can see through the storm. Or the rush. that one alone. <laughs> 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 I was so green though. Yeah. 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 Well, I imagine 20 years old and like now as much as like, did they, they must've had their own cocktail list as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you're learning all their new, their cocktails, you, Mm -hmm. and and you're probably getting some cocktails. You weren't getting any side Mario's every now and then. Oh, for sure. Like I never made a Pimm's cup until like Mm -hmm. I went, you know, there's a lot I can name off a million, but I just remember the one thing. That like of, of course like I I didn't grow up like with <laughs> fed by a silver spoon right um, so fine dining to me was very alien and I remember being in the weeds and it was one of my like I was within two months there and I this word has never crossed like my uh, realm yet and it was like they go where's the armagnac and I had no <laughs> fucking idea what armagnac is I don't know if I should look in the fridge. I don't know what shelf to look on. Everyone's uh, getting mad at me. <laughs> like, you know, and I'm just like, well, I didn't get trained on what this was. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you know? yeah. I feel like you're letting everyone down because, like, as you're looking for this airman yet, shits are hitting the floor and you're freaking out, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, big eye opener. And then you're yeah. also like having to learn a shit ton about wine, I'm sure, because of uh, yes. the fine dining crowd that comes there. Plus, you're like, if you're even though you're bartending, are you also you're also serving a bunch of food, I'm sure, still. Yeah, well, Wilkes Bar was a little different than the uh, dining room. So okay. it didn't fall under the Five Diamonds umbrella, Wilkes uh, Bar, but we were still Relay Chateau. So there was a lot of rules to still follow. But yeah, so we would operate two bartenders. We had a three bartender team at the time, but there'd always be one on service bar, one with the five tables. And uh, it just turns out that I always get... Uh, not stuck on service bar, but I am faster at it than a lot of people. Yeah. So that's just where I always land. So when it comes to service, I, I very rarely have ever taken a section. Right, <laughs> like, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. But you do yeah. have to know at least the food and how to describe it in case you were. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'd say like once I hit like three months of seeing a whole like a few seasons worth of changes. Um, I was able to identify a lot of them. And like I grew up with, a, uh, my mom was quite the foodie. So flavors aren't foreign to me. And the chef there, he's uh, from Newfoundland and my background's from Nova Scotia. So a lot of the flavors he was like playing around with, it was like, oh, I know that. I, I grew up with that. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah so, so when it comes to food, I was always raised more on the adventurous side with it. But uh, like, I, I just remember like weirdest thing, like in the nineties, like my mom, Got obsessed with pesto for a while, so I was eating like uh, nacho chips with pesto. <laughs> like, you know what I, mean? <laughs> I was just like, that's all I could eat. But so, yeah. Then I found out later in the years that my mom uh, really liked to smoke weed, and she was just like a stoner. <laughs> so <laughs> we that's got amazing. like pretty, yeah. yeah. But think about how her um, being a stoner has expanded your palate. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and it's funny because like I don't smoke weed myself because. Not I, that attitude, I'll you know? eat everything. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop myself. So, yeah, no, uh, I definitely like um, learning. Once I got the cocktail program handed over to me there, I want to say I was two years in. Wow. 
And um, just, yeah, being able to play with the kitchen with those flavors and really learn what's seasonal in Ontario mm-hmm. and how to play with um, everything and being able to predict what's coming next. Like, you know, summer's not just summer. There's berry season in summer. There's stone fruit season in summer and how to anticipate those things. So, and to do the planning around it, which there, you didn't really get a lot of time, but uh, I ended up cooking most of the syrup out of there for seven years from my, uh, my kitchen so at home. So. <laughs> so how did you do this? Like, did so, was someone like a mentor for you or do you, were you te- self-teaching or like, how did you learn how to like, even just as something as simple as making a syrup or like mm-hmm. learning what the seasons are? Like, how did you, was this just stuff you were figuring out on your own? Well, um, I was always uh, very familiar with um, food and gardening um, just from my family, but uh, Faye really took me under her wing and uh, she has a way of um, being not pretentious about it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't feel embarrassed asking questions and like Jonathan Gushu uh, as well. Uh, I've worked with most of my career as well. He, again, non-pretentious flavor focused and you can have fun doing it. Whereas like I've tried to work with other chefs and some other sommeliers and they can't get the stick out of their ass. It's not fun. It's not, it's not rock and roll. I don't know. <laughs> I got a point, yeah. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to just, well, we talk about it a lot on the show, but sometimes you just got to realize, you know what, at the end of the day, we make drinks and we fucking bring them to the tables. We're not saving lives. Like, you know, no. don't, don't take yourself so fucking seriously. Take pride in your work and, and your creativity and, mm-hmm. and be proud of it for sure. But like, let's dial it back a little. Oh, for sure. Like once I see tweezers coming out on a bar, like I know a lot of people do it, but that's where I kind of am like, uh, <laughs> I was really afraid with COVID that that would be. Oh, one. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> thank God I, that when they when they found out it was more airborne. Than I, got, yeah, I was like, oh, thank God, not the tweezers. But I know. like every, but it, it looks so good in the bar set that it's like a prop on like every bar, a good looking exactly. bar. Yeah, no, yeah. you got to have them there. Yeah. <laughs> Once in a while, I get it when you're dealing with def- delicate petals and stuff like that. Sure. But uh, I, I've my hands are the best tweezers. <laughs> like, right. You know, it, it is it is better just to uh, be more tactical that way uh, for myself. But like, I'm sure <laughs> there's a lot of mixologists out there who like live by their tweezers, and that's fine. And chefs, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I find like I I've started to realize that like most of because I used to be like I'm I have a problem with hygiene like i have OCD about it so like i'm that guy who would like not touch anything if just me personally but like mm-hmm. but it doesn't bother me if like somebody else touches my shit when they're making my drink it's just me like yeah so and then i just started noticing really like all the good bartenders i know are just getting in there with their hands like faster yeah it's faster <laughs> and it, like and it's, you're washing your hands a thousand times a night Oh, and that's the thing. Like your your hands are never dry. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, so when I met you, you were already well established as like one of the like best mixologists in the city. If you like that word, if you don't, pick your own. But I call it menu development. But <laughs> oh, okay. All right. I like that one. Everyone I know has a different way of saying it. My bartender at uh, Sugar Run likes to say beverage director. I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty good. Like he's in there with like a cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's got the big megaphone yelling at people. Yeah. 
<laughs> more ice, yeah. more ice. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, uh, so, but that was after already your experience at Langdon. But one thing I always remember about, like, from the first time I met you, everybody knew, like, your garnishes were fucking out at like next level. Well, the garnishes have to make sense because you can, you can, okay. The way I look at garnish when you're designing a cocktail is when I'm costing the cocktail, I'm not costing the garnish. And if it's something that's going to tip it in any way, I don't want it. Like, for example, oh. a whole vanilla bean. Right. Like, come yeah. on. And yeah. it has to make sense with like center, like, you know, or the name. Um, and it can just be plain fun. Sometimes it's a joke for me. And then like two people will get it. And yeah, I just, I can't handle best. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The best. yeah. Actually, I was talking to uh, Abby Rush today. Okay. And uh, she's, uh, she's at the Wolper now. And oh, she's she is? Going, I didn't even know that. Yeah. I know, she's new, but she's going through the liquor cabinet and uh, Mick there was saying, oh, this is Stacy's stuff that's no one no one's used. <laughs> like, you know, that was quite <laughs> some time ago now. And she's just like, what were you doing with the chartreuse? And they said like, well, you'll get this one, but I don't think a lot of people did. But I made a Telefrancais cocktail. So it was like this old like French teaching show that you'd get in public school. And one was called Anana. <laughs> that was one uh, of the yeah. characters. So I made one with that. And nice. it was like a, a star anise eyes because he had crazy eyes. And it was just like, I get this one. About anybody who went to public school in Waterloo Region around my age gets this one. <laughs> but yeah. that's about it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't great. even know what the fuck you're talking about. To no. Be with you. no. <laughs> <laughs> it made me laugh. <laughs> uh, okay, so you, you went on to like open sort of a bunch of bars and different bars and restaurants. So what is it that you like about being part of like the opening of a place? Cause I know a lot of other people too, who really like, like that's kind of their, like they just love to like be part of the opening and then they kind of get tired of it and they move on. I'm not saying that's you. Well, I'm no, just, they're serial openers. I know what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, what is it that you like about that process? Honestly, I don't like that process anymore. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I hate, fucking hate it. I fucking hate <laughs> it. And the thing was like, I, I kind of went with a bigger hotel name this year, like the Alora Mill. And I'm just like, okay, they've been open three years. I'm going to just actually try to make a lead bartender role, not a burnout role is my goal there, and do something. But having done that for one year there right now, I've done three opens with COVID because we have right. to open every fucking time right now. No, and the last true. one was the hardest. And I was just yeah. like, well, because like these, like, some of our systems shouldn't be taking breaks because then they start breaking down. Like keg, our keg system was screwed up for two months. Like, you know, and then like all of a sudden all the ice machines start breaking down. It's just, mm -hmm. it seems like there's always something. And it's just like, if we had just left them running, yeah. I think it would have been better. <laughs> like, yep. You know, um, I know that same thing happened at sugar run. Actually, like a bunch of shit went down and it was right at the time where we were scheduled for a health inspection. So it was perfect timing and oh, like, yeah. everything started going down. And it was because I was I'm cheap. So I was trying to be fucking thrifty during the lockdowns and like course. turning everything off. <laughs> and then, and then yeah. they but they these machines, they like I don't know what it is, like they seize up or something or I don't know. I don't understand it either, but they're meant to run. And that's what me yeah. and the maintenance mm -hmm. man there at the property have decided that if it happens again, I'm going to get the breweries that help us with our maintenance of the systems shut it down properly. Is If they see three weeks, it's going to be more like I don't care. 
And yeah, we're going to just go in there and just like bleed the ice machine, let it keep making ice. But I work for a hotel. Like, you know, once we're open, we're making money off the rooms. We can bleed like that. Like, Mm -hmm. so that's also the difference between being uh, in a restaurant and hotel. Why I always kind of gravitated more towards that more corporate side now. Yeah. What's a, what are some of the other differences between like uh, a restaurant and a hotel? Because uh, we have a, somebody else coming on soon that's making that move from restaurant to like hotel, but it's in back of house. So I'm just kind of interested. I've never worked at a hotel. I, I've mostly worked in hotels. And every time oh. I go to a restaurant, I feel like I'm the spoiled bitch going like, what do you mean we can't order that? <laughs> oh, there's, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's like, so much I'm extra income. Conscious, but I'm just not yeah. used to it. But it's just like, okay, so like Odessia, for example, needs a minimum order of a few grand or something. Mm. And we never have that problem. Like, you know, but like I remember when I was managing Easy Poor, I was just like, it was a big deal. Right. <laughs> like, it was too yeah. bad. Like, you know, and just kind of having to dial it back and uh, realize that like you're sustaining a smaller amount of staff and it, like it does make you tighter, but at the same point, it's, I don't know, more stressful because mm-hmm. you can't like, it, you're not looking at a bigger picture. You're always like paying attention to the little things because those little things add up. Right. Yep. Yeah. hundred percent. And do you think that that, what your experience in smaller, more independent restaurants has influenced your like buying when you go to uh, like back to a hotel where you're like now you're back at a hotel where they got money to spend. Are you a little thriftier your own self now? No, no, and especially this summer. <laughs> Fuck um, that. No, buying <laughs> yeah. power is amazing. Yeah, um, but especially this summer, I don't know if you've come, you've had problems with the LCBO uh, warehouses. Who, like who hasn't? Have. Who hasn't? I know. So if it's available and they give me that buying power, I'm buying as much as I can right Right. now. And it's going to be okay because like, you know, we're going to figure out a way to sell it. I like I manage almost five bars there. I'll I'll, I'll figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We'll we'll move it through there. How's the the wine cellar coming down there? Kendra's. uh, Do you know Kendra? No. She's actually roommates with uh, Aaron Hatchell. Oh, yes, then I do. Yes. yes. Yeah. So, uh, so Bree's on that leave right now, Bree Demma, and yeah. Kendra's uh, taking it over right now. And she's got a really nerdy palette, and it's amazing. And mm. she's not only is she bringing in the nerdy wines, but she's selling them and getting the tables to nerd out with her, too. Mm. So, what she can pull off for the few tasting menus we allow every day is ridiculous because then we all get to try it let's open this box so, so it, it's very exciting uh but so like that's I, been my favorite part this year that's awesome and but also like the physical wine cellar because like it, i feel like they've been building that thing for the entire time oh the so, basement basement yeah, yes. yeah yeah okay so that is still a mess it hasn't begun construction still uh yeah how's that, how's so that even possible a, well we're building condos across the river no. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe that's it. Then. And the Pearl Hotel has been right. hugely delayed with COVID. They're, they were set to open, I think, any time now. And I think they're still delayed. They um, So that's in Burlington. So that's a huge project that's a year behind about. Mm-hmm. And then they proposed... So it's Pearl Hospitality that, for yeah. those who are listening, that own um, the Allura Mill, among other things. But yeah, and then they're proposing condos in downtown Cambridge as well right now. So it's a hospitality company that's also a development company now. So the wine cellar will come, but 
we just need those condos up and that hotel running. So yeah, they <laughs> yeah. got bigger fish to fry. That's fair. Uh, yeah, we're living I, in box forts in a closet right now, and we're making it work. <laughs> I remember I was working at a place like while I was trying to get Sugar Run open that I fucking hated working at, and I went and interviewed at Alora Mill to do the to run the bar in the basement there. And stock, um, yeah. I have yeah. a clothes still, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they, the one thing they were selling me on was on this wine cellar that was going to go in the back. And I was like, yeah, I could, I could get my head around that. Plus all the whiskey they were trying to do was just like all the yeah. stuff I love. And then, but then I was like, fuck man, like I'm opening my own bar and also, yeah, you wouldn't have time. And, like, <laughs> and, and like driving back and forth to a lawyer every day. I just, uh, I just I couldn't do it, but it's not bad. It's only half hour from my house in Kitchener. Right, but um, it's in the winter. Woof. Oh, I we all, we a bunch of us carpool. Most of us live in Kitchener. Oh, okay. Yeah, like my my car is on its last legs right now, and I've just refused to buy one in case we shut down again. <laughs> like yeah, I'm just waiting to get ahead of it. But like my partner has a car. Everybody lives in the area, so it's just like as soon as it gets like a little wet, I'm like, who wants to pick me up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And your partner Joel works there as well, correct? Yeah. 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 He's so, a sous chef there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're gonna try and get him on the show at some point too. Cool. We definitely need more chefs. So I kind of yeah. I planted a seed the other night at Sugar Run, but for all these people, I'm like, all of you must come on. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, I can hook you up with some chefs for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you, we, we've gone over sort of the big thing about working for like a hotel type place and this is the buying power. You're allowed to get whatever you want. What do you like about working at the small independent places, if anything? Well, my favorite thing about, I, I'm going to go back to Berlin. So that was kind of my introductory to Kitchener. Mm-hmm. And I liked just kind of like how tight knit the industry is within all these smaller independent places, mm-hmm. because that's how I met you. And that's, that's how right. I met like my partner, Joel, actually, too, and all my best friends, to be honest. But like, you know, you have places to gravitate and go to after work because you're in like a city core. And that's usually where these those places are. Whereas right now it's like, well, the beer after work, there's a half hour drive away from it. Right. And by the time you get there, you're yawning and everybody bails. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, it's, it's so just, great to have like that little spot where everybody who can go, like you need that one spot that's open till 2 a.m. that yeah. everybody who gets off a little bit earlier. And then that just becomes like the place where the industry people hang out. Yeah, yeah. And that's what, um, like I, I was going to Jane Bond a lot uh, before COVID for that. And like, I love them so much. Yeah. But it's still like, not that Waterloo's that far from Kitchener, but having Sugar Run being consistently open and that they don't like, oh, it's dead, we're doing last call. And you know that they're going to be open, even if you can just get last call. I think that's really like, a, it's it's a nice concrete option. And yeah. everyone's lovely there. And it is- Thank you for that. Lovely. Thank you for that paid advertisement. <laughs> no, because no, no, I've been going to Sugar Run more than anywhere right now. Like it's a 10, 15 minute walk from my house. It's great. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like, you know, it's it's kind of funny too. Like, especially during the lockdown or whatever, I felt like I went through a stage where I saw you all the fucking time and then a stage where I never saw you at all. So it's nice to be able to see you all the time again. So I'm glad you're coming to Sugar Run. I yeah. know. And like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice because like, at first, like it was like I haven't seen you in a year, and then there's a, a nostalgia of what life used to be. But yeah. now it's just like I hate to use the word the new normal, but the new normal is like I the pandemic forced me to move to Kitchener, 
Right. As opposed to Newfoundland, which I was supposed to. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Now talk about that a little bit, because we did have, uh, Brie is also a very good friend of mine, and she, we had her on, and she was out there in FOMO with Gushu, and uh, and also, like, yeah, yeah, we would like to get Gushu on the show at some that point, too. That would be too. great. But I, hear, but I hear he won't he talk about himself. Uh, but he won't talk about himself, Brie says, so. It, it, but I, but I, I've already kind of got Brie to try and, like, get to to get the message across but now i'm enlisting you <laughs> sure yeah. yeah well he's in yeah. italy i think maybe he's back from italy i don't know i hope okay. to see him in the next day or so so yeah, y'all so, let yeah. him know this, i did this, and how much is, fun i had exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. um but yeah talk about that so you were about to go out there to fomo yeah. with fogo uh, fogo i would that's say that, fomo because i saw it in the bio and oh, i saw fuck. fogo i'm like what's this like fuck off or go out or something yeah, no, what's this? So like an acronym, yeah. yeah and then that went oh, i know yeah, it clicked in after a while i've got it like, in my oh, head yeah. to say fomo every time i thought it was a joke that i wasn't in on i was like okay no, <laughs> <laughs> no i'm just an idiot <laughs> and that's a joke that you are in on <laughs> um so uh, yeah, talk to us a little bit about that. You guys were both going to go out there, you and Joel, yep. and then COVID derailed the whole thing, and then Jonathan ended up moving back here. Yeah, so that was a funny one. So I was basically hired at Fogo the year before I was to leave because of the way they do their like uh, off season, and I didn't. I wanted to start uh, the season there like at the beginning of it, which would have been early April, right? And. Uh, so I was kind of just killing time in Stratford, just helping some people out with stuff because I knew I had a position and I had to get all my ducks in a row in order to get out there. Like my, my son, getting him into school, figuring that out. Uh, like I, I'm not with his father, getting him on the same page of, hey, I'll right. have him home six months a year, I swear to God. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and getting my boyfriend on um, that same page. So me and uh, Daryl Wagler the year before. So he was uh, a chef at uh, Lola Lawn. I met him at Berlin. Mm -hmm. Me and him got in the car and we drove there. Oh, you did? Oh, so you actually <laughs> yeah. did go out there at some point. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was out there. We were out there for two weeks. We are supposed to be out there a week. And then we just kind of abandoned our lives for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And we just drove across the country to the North Atlantic, taking two boats and 40 hours in the car and got there. Yeah, it was it was it was so much fun. It was such an experience, though. We we both have uh, fathers who drive for a living, and we made them proud in the time we got there. Let's just say <laughs> <laughs> it was it was an adventure. But uh, yeah, just going out there to seeing the whole crew. We came back. Joel was still on the fence about because he never worked with Jonathan before. So about a month or two later, I flew him out, to, and he staged there for I want to say a week or two. And then he got the job offer too. And then we really started talking. I had my contract signed. I was talking to Bree all the time. I, I had worked with Bree before um, at Langdon and I took over uh, her wine program at the Bruce Hotel as well. So I was very familiar with working with Bree and I was excited to do it again. And then we were set to leave March 19th. Uh, we had everything in storage, everything packed. We had crates and drugs for our animals to knock them out for this drive because oh, the only wow. way of getting there was with two vehicles right and we could only bring what we could fit in these vehicles so we had downsized our life to two cars yeah you had given up your apartment and everything right yeah we, had, we were renting a house in blair and yeah. covid hit and that atlantic bubble was real so right. they locked down the the fogo island and shut down and everybody that was working there that wasn't home for the off season, like Jonathan, was stuck there. He was stuck there with his three kids. 
And it was just like, because the fairies weren't taking people. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm pretty sure lots to do for kids out in that remote outpost. Oh, okay. oh, well, they're teenagers, <laughs> but yeah, yeah like the age of my son. So my son's 15 now, okay. but um, yeah, so we had everything packed and thank God our landlord did not rent out our place because we were like this close to being homeless. Right. And that, we had given yeah, we had given away all of our stuff. That's when I called you the day after. I'm like, I have nothing good to say about this industry. I know. So yeah, so full disclosure, we had asked Stacy to be one of our first guests on the podcast, and it was yeah. right before that happened, and she was just like, I can't do it. <laughs> like, I got we nothing good shocked. to Yeah, yeah. And I I completely understood. I'm like, I know this is fucked. Like I, I don't even remember who we got to replace her, but it was just like we were like everybody was stunned. Like it's hard to, it's kind of even hard to remember to go back to that exact time when it happened. Cause I think at the beginning too, we were like, oh, this is going to be a couple of weeks or whatever. Oh, and that's what yeah. I was being told, right? Yeah. 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 And I just remember like Jonathan not having answers. I didn't have answers. And I like, I called him and I'm just like, we could, and I was losing my mind. Like, I didn't know. Like, I think, like, I just took a huge leap and fucked over my whole family. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how it felt. And I, yeah. I was just like, I said to Jonathan, like, well, I don't know if I can live here. And we got to come up with a creative fucking solution soon. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> but we, because we both had put in our notice, like of our oh, other true. jobs. And for two people who are kind of classified as the workaholics in this industry, and that's why we get along so well is because we live in passing because we work together. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, we were suddenly forced to retire together. And that was something. <laughs> How'd that go? Oh, God. <laughs> we're still together. Yeah. That's the best you can say. Uh, yeah. oh. I know, I say the thing with my family is like, my wife's a workaholic and... Yeah. Um, um, and I'm like, I'm the kind of like, I'll work, I get up early and I get all my shit done so that at night I can just like shut my brain off with a glass of wine and like watch. That's me. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. And she's just still working. Like she's like, she'll get like, like, like her actual professional job out of the way during the day. And then like night is just like working around the house. She's, she's growing shit. I don't even know about somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a Joel right now. So he's, uh, he's, in, he, he got a full-time course at Conestoga for cheese making and, and he's like a lead sous chef working like 14 hour days. And it's like, he's taking his break, but he's in the glassware storage room on a zoom call. <laughs> and i'm just like jesus christ like yeah yeah, but it'll be worth it in the end (laughs) yeah do you guys ever have like do you do you two think about like ever branching out and doing your own thing yeah Yeah. so that was kind of how we fell in love um yeah we got to do a cheese uh program together at the walper and design like a whole snack menu and stuff we got to hang out then and then it was just like us working together makes sense. We didn't work together for two years of a relationship. And not to say that it was bad, but like when you work so much and you get home and you, someone asks you how your day is, it's like, I don't know. Like, you know, but when you're there, you know, and then you don't have to ask. And I kind of like that better because mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah, that was fucked, day, eh? And then you just pour each other. <laughs> <of water>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah, I do prefer that. And like, um, like one day, like, I'm not saying I'll always be in bars or even working with like cocktails, but like, it's just, I'll always be dealing with like food and flavor for sure. Mm-hmm. And yeah, something with Joel, absolutely. But uh, something that you can kind of age gracefully with. Right. 
Yeah, age gracefully. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting idea. I should I should try that. Yeah. <laughs> so so far, yeah. it's not happening. Yeah. No, no, not no. And that's the thing; it's not happening for us right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it's funny. Like you went, we all went through this like such a dark period. I think for a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I know I was not pleasant to be around at my house during like the like the second lockdown was worse. Because the first yeah. one, I was like, okay, it was almost like a nice mental break. And then, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, even though it sucked to not, like, I was worried about my business every day. But, like, yeah. But then the second one really, like, ooh, let the air out of me. Like, oh, well, initially it did for me. Like, I cried. Yeah. Because I was finally starting to get in a good rhythm again. But then I looked at Joel and I was just like, because we knew we were working in a hotel. <laughs> And we knew that they'd still be open after. Right, yeah. So we're like, we just got a plane ticket, which were really cheap right then. And we went out west. Like, I know we were all secretly traveling. Right, right, right. (laughs) It was just like, no, let's just, I just, I can't sit around the house because the first one was so bad for us. And we're like, Mm. I'm not again. Like, you know. Like, I, my wine intake went up to an almost alarming degree during that second one where it was like, yeah, maybe I took a, a bottle of wine but like while I'm on the couch if I have a night off over the course of the night to, like, three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. I have a bender, and then I have a sober week. I have a yeah. bender, a sober week, and it was just I didn't know what to do. I, I, I got to the point where I was just drinking box wine. Like, yeah. I didn't give a shit. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah you got to be economical after a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I figured out what my favorite box wine is in the El Studio. <laughs> it's just like, you know, it's like, okay, that's my go, my pandemic go-to or lockdown. And hopefully we don't have to do it again. But uh, yeah, I think the yeah. vaccine passports are going to help. So, the like, I just mm-hmm. think we got to stop taking care of people who aren't going to do their part. Right. So, Agreed. Like, yeah. yeah. So if they don't. We'll just make it more difficult for them to go out. And then hopefully that keeps us open. So I was in Montreal last weekend. And they rolled it out September 1st. Mm -hmm. And they had bouncers at the door with the vaccine passports. And you had to show ID with it. And they were checking to make sure you had the right friggin' one. Nice. Yeah. So it was good to see that. And then, but they they won't do it for like uh, retail, which makes sense. Sure. But yeah, at the same point, it's just like, I have a couple of friends that are kind of anti-vax and stuff like that, like childhood friends that it's just like, they're going to be embarrassed in a couple of years and not ruining friendship or we just don't talk about it. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, exactly. But it's just like, at first they're like, oh yeah, just quiet weekend. And they're going to keep saying that. And then they're going to start getting crazy. So I'm waiting to see how this is going to play out. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, like, well, that, and that's the only way we're going to get past it. Because frankly, like, it, it, it's proven to work in the places where they have had it. Like, massive increase in vaccinations as soon as you start telling people they can't do shit anymore. Like, yeah. it's unfortunate that, like... For selfish people, you have to force them to do something. But oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but it is what it is. Whatever, it, whatever gets it done. As far as I'm concerned, because people like us don't deserve to go through more lockdowns. We did no, our part. no. Yeah. Like I was very fortunate. The last lockdown, I only took a week off, and I was able to just like get admin hours the whole time and get caught up on shit. And if we do it again, I know I'll be able to do that again. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, again, why I like working in a hotel, (laughs) but, but yeah, there's just, there's so many projects and there's so much to do. And like being on top of um, uh, the Pearl company, it's just like, I can influence 
every banquet bar in that company right now at so given cool. time. So this is yeah. what we're starting to develop with. Um, she's like a managing partner we have there right now, Jocelyn. I really like her. She's actually like, I was kind of on the fence about going that corporate to the mill, to be honest. Uh, mm. But the, after I sat down with her, I was like, yeah, okay. She's a straight shooter. I can work with her. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, yeah. I, I, like we talked about Brian and other people, but there's a lot of people like that work there that are just great people. So you probably had a little security there that, you know, like, okay, I know these people. They're awesome. If they're, yes. still, if they're working there, it's probably going to be all right. But I have worked with these people with when it comes to sometimes owners that aren't on the same page of what we do. And they always say they want what we do. And this is something I've kind of struggled with. Like, okay, let's say as a mixologist, everybody wants a mixologist for Instagram, but they can't afford a mixologist, right? right? So, and especially when it comes to like someone like Jonathan, he's just like, I can give you an entire team. It's not going to be cheap. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, are we going to do this or no? So knowing what we've all kind of went through as a group and the people we've Mm -hmm. met along the way too, we're starting to fine tune and realize how to make things work as opposed to just being like, what, you don't get it. Like, because that kind of happened after Langdon because it was just like we were living in such a bubble. Mm -hmm. And I remember like me and Jonathan were going... um, like out to places in Kitchener, Waterloo that we've never been to like Ethel's. I've never been to Ethel's until like my mid twenties. Really? And yeah. Well, no, cause we worked like 20 hour days, right. yeah. like, you know, and uh, we had a date, whoever was there. Like, you know, <laughs> like, and then they get mad that we're all dating. It was just like, you don't give us a day off. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> this is what you want. Um, I think it's better, a little better there now, but back in the day, it was pretty bad. Like I remember doing a 40 day stretch, <laughs> like in the oh, Christmas fuck. season, like, yeah. Crazy. yeah, yeah, that's not sustainable after a while. Like, no, no, yeah. we all have, like, I left there the same time as a few other people and we all had the same symptoms of PTSD because we didn't know what to do with ourselves. Like, you know, right. and we're just like, you feel like you're missing something and like, it's just it's extreme anxiety. Cause like, you're not functioning at this high pace right uh-huh. yeah. yeah imagine so, going i can't even imagine going like if you still work there going into the lockdown like oh my friends did for that are yeah. still there and yeah. it has changed them for yeah. the better yeah, yeah like they're actually like i got my life back and at mm. first they were a little like crazy about it but it was just like yeah like they got some of them got dogs. <laughs> yeah. And now they go back to work and those dogs are very lonely. <laughs> well, it's, they, they actually um, only have been serving in-house guests the entire summer. So oh, that helps. Yeah. they put their foot down with it, which yeah. is uh, refreshing to hear from for them. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, this was super fun, Stacey. We've been wanting to do this for a while and uh, the lock, the fucking COVID killed it a bunch. Oh, I think twice. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So thanks so much for coming on. I know you came on a short notice as well. So that was super awesome of you. Yeah, you know what? That's how I roll. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely appreciate it. Thank yeah. you very much. Yeah. And we'll get, uh, we'll get Joel on soon as well. Let him know he's next on my hit list. Yeah. Let him know. Uh, you give him a week to get into his school role. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He'll probably sure. get for it. All right. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. Bye. Right, thank bye. you. Thanks. <laughs>